there, I'm Ruth Parker from Alexander Associates and I'm pleased to bring you another episode in our series of podcasts highlighting the careers of successful women in engineering in our She's an Engineer campaign. Today I'm joined by Louise Bill who has developed her career in a highly technical field and is a real champion of women in the workplace. She's experienced at navigating organisational blocks and supporting other women to find their voices and grow their careers at the right place, regardless of age or gender. It's a pleasure to have her here to talk with me today. Thank you so much um, for agreeing to be with us. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you. Um, if you can start off, we'll just talk about your early career, what your inspiration was for engineering. It's not um, a career that is widely chosen um, by women, as we know. Yeah. And what, what was the spark for you? What made you think, that's what I want? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in the countryside. I grew up on a farm. So I've always liked working outdoors. Yeah. Um, and my favourite subject was ge uh, geography, etc. Yeah. Um, I didn't get the A-levels I wanted. Um, I wanted to do a degree in geography. Didn't get it, but I got a degree in geology and geography instead. Oh, okay, yeah. And I absolutely loved my degree. A lot of being outside. Yeah. Um, really sort of people who were motivated by the same things as I was. Yep. So um, so that's what sort of set me down the path of I'd like to do something with geology. Um, I got a summer job after my degree at an environmental consultancy mm -hmm. and I spent all summer wandering around the um, hills of Shropshire looking for old mine entries for old lead mines. Right. And I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want Especially to do... in the summer. Maybe not as fun in the winter. I, did, I, hadn't, I hadn't experienced the winter. <laughs> that um, and I went to a... Um, they advised me I should get a, a master's. So right. I did a master's in geochemistry. And then straight after that, I went to a careers fair and I managed to land myself a job at environmental consultancy. Right. So I have been working in contaminated land assessment mm -hmm. for the last 29 years. Yeah. Um, absolutely love it. Um, I can't imagine any different career. I really enjoy it. Um, I think the best bit about it for me is when you, you start off with a, a client comes to you with a piece of land or a site that they want to buy yeah. or that they own or they want to develop or they're managing and you know nothing about that piece of dirty derelict land that looks really grotty and you do the investigations, you research the history, you look at the potential for contamination, you do ground investigations, you take samples, you analyse the data you work out what the problems are and what needs to be done to um, bring it back into a safe and beneficial space. Wow. So you, t you take it through from a dirty piece of grotty land yeah. into a beautiful, beneficial space. And I really love that process yes. and the feeling that I'm sort of helping the environment, improving the environment. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, so you did um, geology and then you said somebody said, gave you the advice to go and do your master's. Who? Who gave you the advice, go and do this next? Where did you...? It was in my summer consultancy job. So it was okay. when I was wandering around the hills of Shropshire. They said, if you want to get into consultancy, your best bet is to get a master's. Right. So um, that, that's what set me down that route. And um, uh, most people that we recruit these days do have do have a master's. Right. So um, I, th I think it's quite a common route into yes. doing what we do. We find um, now a lot of people will do their degree and then straight on the back of their degree, they do their master's. Whereas traditionally it was, you did your degree and then a few years later, you might yeah. do your masters but yeah. we're seeing it now happen more and more and more that's right. and that's really beneficial is it when people go into you, you can see how it really helped you when you had your masters when you went in to get another job I, I think so yes yeah. it's, it's another year of experience yeah. it's another year of being out in the field and learning something more um, and you know it demonstrates you've got the credentials you can
can write reports, you can do the analytical process. So yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's worthwhile. And the, the people that were inspiring you um, when you were walking around the hills of Shropshire, um, were you working male-dominated male environment or was it pretty much, actually there was a really good mixture? Um, at that stage it wasn't, it was my, my friend, uh, um, a girlfriend, a female friend, um, we were the two people working there over the summer, right. but everybody else was, was male as far as I remember. But um, we all sort of mucked in together, you know, there was, yeah. there, was, there, was, there was no sort of attitude that we were the young, the young students, it was very much welcoming us in and um, I, think, I think they knew they were onto a good one when they had people who were willing to just wander around in the countryside yes. for months on end. Looking for <laughs> mining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so you finished your Masters and you got your job and then what happens? The so I've, um, I've not worked for many companies over my career, I've effectively worked for three um, different companies. Right. Started working in Leeds. I decided to move into to move to London. So I spent the first part of my career doing a lot of field work. Right. Um, a lot of managing ground investigations, yeah. designing ground investigations, um, supervising contractors on site, taking samples. Um, as well as writing reports. So what kind of land would you be, are you looking at? Is this for people to develop with the buildings that we see around us? What kind of sites are you going to? It could be anything really. Right. Um, old landfill sites, right. um, old gas works that yeah. um, uh, there's a lot of old gas works which have now been redeveloped for housing so looking at the contaminants there and yeah. working out what needs to be done to make sure there's no impact to groundwater, surface water yeah. um, or the environment or, or, or people working or living on those sites. So any type of um, historical um, industry, uh, brownfield, all brownfield land yeah. really. Um, yeah, I guess people never really think about the ground that the buildings are built on. I think they just, yeah. oh, there's a building. Well, but, um, you know the Millennium Dome, we're not far from the Millennium Dome yes. at the moment, that was built on an old gas works. Right. So um, before that was built there was a lot of there was a lot of works went into understanding the ground conditions there from yeah. a contamination point of view and making sure it was safe before you put the buildings on it. So you spent your time out on site yeah. um, and then what was next for your career? Um, so I moved to London in 98 and I, I joined a new consultancy in 98 um, and I, I think these were sort of um, some of the highlights of my career those early years working in that um, company. It was um, a lot of young people, there was a lot of, I worked with a lot of women at my, yeah. um, my sort of grade and level and experience so I was surrounded but I didn't sort of think about it at the time but I, I think they really were my role models, yeah. they, they were, I, I wanted to be the same as them, they were all positive women good at what they did, yeah. wanting to do the right thing. A so nice team of women working really, together. A really good yeah. team, yeah. yeah. Our manager at the time, I think he was one of the main role models in my career. Right. He um, had an excellent attitude. He was all about doing the right thing and doing it well and enjoying your work while you did it. Yeah. So he really motivated and encouraged us, um, treat us all as one big team. And we, we, had, we didn't really lose staff, we just kept growing as a team because it was such a great place to work. Wow. And I think everything I learned from him in leading and managing people, that's what I try to do um, in my career now. What a testament to him. Yeah. He must have done something right. And you don't, we don't often hear um, when women talk about engineering, about working with a group um, of women, which is, that's so nice. So were, were there like 10 of you, 20 of you, kind of, how many of you were all working together at that time? Oh gosh, the team probably was about twenty-five yeah, people at its, yeah. its, 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 its biggest, and I, I think probably fifty percent, more than fifty percent, were women. Probably incredible. Yeah, I don't think we realised at the time. I think where you're just getting on with your career and you're going into work every day, 
I actually don't think you even stop to question the people working around you. No. I mean, I certainly never questioned that I was working in a really male-dominated no. environment. I just was like, wow, there aren't many women. This is very male-dominated, but then moved on very quickly. Yeah. You never stop to think, you know, you don't analyse it. You don't stop to think, oh, I wonder if this is going to affect the way that I work, or you just kind of get on with your job, don't you? Yeah. Um, but when it's when you look back, like you said, I look back and I realise actually now that of course these women were role models to yeah. me, yeah. Um, and you would have been equally to them. Yeah. It's, but you just don't realise at the time the impact of the environment you're working in and what it has on you. No, exactly. And, you know, I, I talk to um, women these days starting off in their career and, and they talk about the lack of role models in female role models in yeah. senior positions. And it's only sort of something that I've kind of really become an issue I've become aware of in more recent years. Yeah. Because certainly the early parts of my career were very, were very sort of, there was a lot of strong women working in yeah, that environment. After, after I had my children, I came back to work three times a week and that worked really well because I had that supportive environment. Yes. And there was a lot of us working part time and um, work, work made it happen around us. You know, it was still very possible to do the site work, the office work around our working hours. Um, and not that long after that, um, my best boss ever um, moved on to another job. Right. Now, um, a colleague of my female colleague of mine, we decided to apply for that position. Um, and but we were both working three days a week, so we decided to apply for it um, in a joint way. So we we put the case forward about how it would work jointly and how we could cover the role between us. And it was the first time they had appointed somebody um, a sort of in a job share role to wow. lead to lead a team of people. That's amazing. Um, and we we got the role and it worked brilliantly. Um, we complemented each other yeah. so um, we, we were definitely better than some of our parts for instance I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better at working early in the morning yeah. she was a lot better at working later in the evening so it just worked so well yeah she, yeah. Had, she had a lot of attention to detail I was more big picture yeah. so actually it, it worked very well between the two of us and yeah. um, we both moved on to other organizations after that but um, the feedback I remember when I left I remember HR saying to me it was amazing what you did. That was the first time that we'd seen that happen and it worked really well. Yeah. So thank you for making that happen. So That's so good. And that's such a testament to the company you were working yeah. for that they actually embraced that rather than, oh, no, you know, you can't do a leadership role three days a week. You know, the, you know, the amount of times I've heard that uh, where you'll be placing um, women in senior roles and the returning to work phase i think it's um it's better now yeah. but um it's one of those milestones in your life and you're having children and you return to work and then you find you're not taken as seriously as you were before you left to have children and it's almost somehow you're not committed enough all of a sudden to be in a senior role that you didn't have that that's you know that would have made such a massive difference i yeah. mean if every company could learn from that that yeah. would just be amazing yeah the difference it would make to women returning to work yeah um especially in engineering in a male-dominated environment yeah so many women choose not to go back to work or if they do they'll have a career change yeah because they feel well i can't do that anymore yeah because their commitment is questioned or whatever yeah. um whereas actually you proved that 
Yes, I can. Yeah. Of I course mean, I can. You, I think you learn to work differently as well. So yeah. um, before you have children, those commitments, you, you, you do whatever hours it takes to get the job done. Yeah. Um, whereas afterwards, when you know you have to leave at a certain point in the day to pick children up, you just become so much more efficient. Yes. So you actually achieve more in the time that you've got. Yeah. Because, because you have to. And I think those skills that I learned at that stage, I still use now because I still juggle a family of three children and... Um, you know, a job four days a week, yep. plus all my other social commitments. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, they're important skills to learn, which I don't think I would have done had I not had those commitments. Yeah, yeah, I think it does um, teach you to work in a different way yeah. um, when you've got something else that you've got to be thinking about as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you left that job out of interest? So that, that um, why? The, the, the company was acquired by another company, right. so, so rules changed. Right, okay. It was, so what stage was I? I was probably about maybe 18 years into my career, 18, yep. 20 years into my career at that point. And, and up to that point, I just thought you, you just kept on you know, promoted, moving, yep. moving along up the yep. ladder, taking on more and more senior positions. Um, I, I then, that was the first realisation I, I had, I think, that I, it wasn't as straightforward as that. I was applying for um, a promotion along with a couple of male colleagues um, and they got it and I didn't. And I was told it was because um, I, I didn't have enough, I wasn't in the office as enough time really. So mm. I was encouraged to increase my days. Right. Not long after that, I moved on from that company yeah. into the, the company I am now. And did you join the new company in a more senior role or was it kind of a... No, it was, say, a, light, it was a like for like. A like for role. like. Yeah. 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 And were you looking for a like for like role? Um, I think so. It, I, I guess at that point, um, I... I didn't know whether I could progress because, right. you know, of this perception around yes. you're working part time. Yes. So, um, so yes, it was a like for like role. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I not not long after that, uh, you know, another change happened in my life. So I got to the point where um, um, I became perimenopausal. Yeah. Um, me too. So. <laughs> I, I didn't realise what it was at the time. No. I, um, and but there's I think, no preparation for it. No, no preparation. No one whatsoever. talks about it. Nobody talks about um, it. And I, for me, it was. Um, I remember my dad commenting that my mum got hot sweats, and that is all I yeah. could tell you yeah. about the menopause. If you asked me two years ago, now I cannot believe the impact yeah. that it has had on my life in the yeah. last two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would totally agree. Yeah. I, you know, you everybody knows what pregnancy is yes. and about having a baby and yeah. all of that, and you're 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 fairly prepared for it. I think mothers talk about it as well. Yeah. But nobody talked about the menopause. Yeah. Um. I I have friends at home who are slightly older than I who are going through it, so I was aware it was a thing, but I still really didn't understand it. And and I, from talking to lots of people, I think it's a process. You start having, there are about 30 different menopausal symptoms, yeah. and you start having individual symptoms. Um, so to me, for, for me, one of them was stiffness. I was really stiff. I felt like a creaky old person, right. which meant I couldn't do things like running that I that gave me my sort of well-being and yeah. happiness. And for your mental health, exactly. running is just incredible, isn't it? But, so, But I thought that was just, I wasn't stretching properly. Right. I was just getting a bit yeah. older. Um, the not sleeping bits or oh. the kind of the tiredness, yep. um, the anxiety, the sort of not being able to multitask anymore. Yeah. The um, 
Um, and the, I, I had about 10 or 12 different symptoms, but each of those symptoms I put down to something else that was happening in my life yes. at the time. Yep. I was on a stressful project. Yep. Um, I had things going on at home. Yep. I wasn't stretching properly after my run. Yep. And it was only after, uh, when I got to the point where I'd sort of lost quite a lot of confidence in myself. Yeah. And I was, um, I was going into, I remember I was going into a meeting um, with a lot of my peers who were all male peers. And I was, I was worried that what if I say something stupid? What if they can all see through me that yeah. I don't actually know how to do my job anymore? Yeah. And I think it was because they were all male, it made me sort of even more worried. Yeah. And somebody said to me, oh, why don't you have a chat with Sue? She's going through this as well, have a chat with her. And that was the first time I spoke to somebody at work about it. And they sort of said, oh, why don't you talk to your colleagues about it, about how you feel, you know, if you feel up for it. So I did, I spoke to a few of my male colleagues and it was amazing because they, they all said, oh, my wife's going through that. Right. And, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, she can't sleep either. Oh, it's a nightmare, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. All of a sudden I yes. felt, oh, permission to be open about this. Yes. Um, and I also got myself a group of um, sort of colleagues at work in other parts of the business because there's no women of my age in yep. my part of the business. Yep. So there was nobody else that I could particularly so talk, talk to on to. a daily basis. Yes. Yeah. So I found um, other women in other parts of the business who were going through the same. And once we started talking regularly, it all clicked. Yep. We all just went, this is what it is. Yeah. It's the menopause. Yeah. Yeah. And we all really supported each other, encouraged each That's other. That's so good. When I started going through symptoms, we were going through a change in the business where I was moving away slightly from, I've always been a recruitment consultant and that's always almost how I validated myself is I was very good at my job. Um, you know, I worked with some of the best consultants, best contractors, and I always got them the best jobs. And it was, that was my job satisfaction. Yeah. And that's how I validated myself and how I was seen in the business that I was very, very good at my job. And then I started to step away from it more and doing other things within the business that needed doing that was still very important, but maybe not the glory you get. Yeah. And I was going through the menopause. So for me, I would walk into meetings, I would forget what I was saying halfway through a sentence, yeah. and I would forget people's names. Yeah. It was the bit, and I would be staring at someone thinking, I can't remember your name. Yeah. And the total crisis in confidence that yeah. I got was actually I'm not very good at this job yeah I can't do this yeah. I yeah. don't deserve my seat at the table anymore yeah and I didn't understand why I felt yeah. like that and nobody could explain it to me no. and there wasn't there's not one person in our business who is my age and then I I was chatting to somebody and they mentioned the menopause and I was like uh oh yeah exactly exactly wow really yeah this is what you go through yeah what no one I just thought I got a hot sweats and I couldn't sleep and then it kind of all fell into place. And yeah. then I could talk to the guys yeah. at work and they yeah. were like, wow, our wives are about to go through this. And uh, it was, it's it's not a taboo subject anymore. No, it's um, not. And I will talk about it really openly. Um, and that's what we need yeah. desperately because I, I know women who have left their careers yeah. because yeah. they cannot cope with what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and actually what they, what they needed was 
not time off necessarily, although they may have needed some time off, but they needed support. Yes. They needed some understanding to get through it. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a correlation between women in leadership roles and when you look at where your careers go with the menopause and I, that's just shocking yeah yeah well I like I said I you know I always saw my career sort of going like that what's the next step what's yeah. the next step and it, it definitely plateaued and it plateaued because I just thought do I want to do a role where I've got to take on extra stress and responsibility yeah or should I just really reduce my hours and just come along and do do my job yeah. and go home again and yeah I was I was at the point where I was seriously considering asking for a, redu a reduction in hours yeah. and just accepting this was it, this yep. was as good as it was going to get. Yeah. And um, it was only when I started talking to other people and I realised, oh no, we can get help, we can support each yeah. other with this. Yeah. And um, I think a lot has happened in the last few years, there's a lot more in social media about it, there's a lot yes. more people talking about it. And I know the place where I work is putting a lot of measures, um, um, you know, menopause awareness training for everybody, yeah, um, um, management training for managers. Yeah. Um, you know, two years ago, there was nothing posted on International um, Menopause Awareness Day. Yeah. Last year, they were all over it. Yeah. So it, it really is changing. And, yeah. you know, I would love that to be our legacy. You know, yeah. in 10 years part time, people come to our stage, don't even have this blip because no. they recognise early what it is. Yeah. They get the support, the support is in place and they don't have a blip where they think that's the end of yeah. their career. And I think for, for companies, actually, this is kind of, it is quite easy. You know, actually having a conversation and talking about this topic is, is quite easy. There are much more challenging things that businesses need to change around ED&I. But actually, I think, I think this one is quite an easy um, area for a company to look at as long as people start talking about it. Uh, what a win. 100%. All yeah. these, all these yeah, experienced not, women yeah. 30 years into their yeah. career, yeah. 20, 30 years into your career, yeah. staying in the business, moving into a leadership role with and, all of that empathy yeah. and awareness. And the knock-on effect of that is um, younger women coming into the business, all of a sudden have you have models. someone to look up to. Wow, look at where they've got. How do I get there? I, I can get there. Exactly. I can be in that role. I can be a technical director. I can go there. And yeah. otherwise we again become a, a level of we stop here and then it's men in these in these leadership roles exactly. again yeah i mean this reminds me um earlier in my career there were very few women in senior leadership roles right and like i said most of my managers were male they yes. were very good yes yeah. especially some of them and the, i remember a time when i did there were senior women in the business but there were very few and far between and and a lot of them were in positions and they had their, their sort of their personality traits were sort of not the sort of ones that I would want to emulate. They had a sort mm. of more sort of aggressive, hard-nosed business yeah. approach, yeah. less empathetic, yeah. more sort of, I've striven to get here, I've had to have these dominant characteristics yes. to get here, yeah. and I'm going to make you know about yeah. it. And you know, I, I I didn't really like that, no. but, but that was that was the only role model were really. So. Yeah. Um, I think if you keep more women in the business yes. these days, there will be a, a wider range of people you absolutely. can see as a role model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, there's no, no way there's any negative to it. It's only no. positive for, you know, for the industry yeah. um, as a whole, for the engineering sector. Um, I, yeah, it's quite shocking, the women. And I think the first stages, you're quite right, with pregnancy and people are understanding. I still think we've got a lot to improve with women returning to work. Um, but I think the menopause is something that, 
no one has spoken about. It's almost been a taboo subject. Until recently. Until recently. Yeah. Um, and love social media, hate social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are some very posit positive things that come out of these conversations being shared on social media. Yeah. You know, people will realise that actually you're going to go through the menopause, but it's fine yeah. because you're going to have all the support that you need yeah. and it's, you know, you're going to get through it. Yeah. Um, and HRT is not a failure. You know, it's how can yeah. we feel that about yeah. ourselves? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, yeah. And I mean, my, my, you know, like I said, I was at the point where I was like, shall I cut back my career? I don't want to take on any more responsibility. And once I got myself that support network, yeah. And sort of acknowledged out loud what it was. Got myself the HRT. Honestly, I I I well, felt like, like a, a new different person, person again. Yeah. I remember doing a LinkedIn post, which started something like, "It's now been 257 days since I last cried at work," <laughs> and um, and it was it was true. It was yeah. like it was like that. It was like an almost like an Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Wow. 257 days yeah. crying free, and um, once I sort of got my confidence back I realized that it had been missing yeah um, I yeah. didn't realize it was no. missing until I got it back yeah um, it's it, until you analyze these things until you've almost gone through it and you're coming out the other side it's yeah. not till you do that that you look back and you think wow I can't believe I went I can't believe I put up with that and I didn't and you didn't clock and you think yeah. it's so obvious isn't yeah, it? yeah, but, yeah yeah you know you I really I really feel if I if I saw women these days who had some of those symptoms, I think I would oh, yeah. sort of say, have you considered, do you know about this? Yeah. I, I really think I would notice that now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When we were talking about the menopause, you said, after I went on HRT, I got involved with an organisation and then we'd kind of moved on. What, what organisation did you get involved with and how was that suddenly achievable after HRT? Oh yeah, yeah, good question actually. Um, so this was, the organisation is called Silk, so it's a specialist inland condition. Right. So it is um, a post-chartership okay. competency qualification. Right, okay. So it's a, it demonstrates your level of experience and competency within the industry. And um, I, the, the role came up as the deputy chair of the professional and technical panel that wow. administer the scheme. And I thought about it and I thought prior to having HRT, I would never have gone anywhere near that. That's far too scary. Right. After that, I had the confidence to apply for it. Amazing. And I applied for it and I got it. That's incredible. Um, so I've been doing that over the last year now with a view to taking on the chair in a, in a year's time. Oh, how, oh, how exciting. Yeah, and it, it's brilliant. I really, really enjoy yeah. it. I'm learning a lot of skills. I'm interacting with a lot of professionals, a lot of women who are working yeah. in our industry, people who are very senior in our industry. Um, it's full of energy. It's a, it's a great thing to be doing. Um, Silk has been around for sort of 20 plus years, yep. um, but it's historically been sort of um, a lot of men, men and women with, who are silks, but sort of, I guess, championed and dominated by sort of more senior, older men within our industry. Right. So okay. um, when I joined, um, uh, myself and the current chair, Tom, we have been working quite hard to um, increased diversity within silk yeah um, we've now got a, um, a an edni subcommittee who look at everything we do looking at ways to um improve diversity within our within our network um, and also increase the membership and yeah uh, demonstrate more value of being a silk so that's about being seen and um you know being out there writing yeah. articles doing webinars um uh d d you know giving conferences etc so yeah. demonstrating the value of it and, and and i'm loving it and it's adding extra skills to my experience you know chairing meetings um 
you know, engaging volunteers. And those kind of things actually are, um, I might sit here and do interviews, but I am not a public speaker. You put me in front of a group of people and I absolutely freeze up. Um, and especially going through the menopause yeah. because I'll forget things. So yeah, I can imagine thinking about taking on something like that, yeah. especially in a, uh, kind of these institutions are very male dominated. Yeah. Um, that kind of environment would have been, yeah. 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 so difficult but yeah. that's amazing that you've I, I don't got think the confidence to do that yeah, yeah no I don't think it's something I would have applied for 18 months two yeah. years ago yeah um, but yeah the time was right and I, I haven't looked back and since I've done that it's given me massive confidence to um, you know apply for other roles and yeah. take on other challenges and and look at what I want from my career and I can just see my career moving back upwards yeah. again rather Which than just plateauing. brilliant where it should be going yeah, yeah. thank you very much one of the um, ways that I'm working with my clients is what I what I try to do is get um, clients talking at interview stage about things like um, uh, paternity leave, okay. maternity leave, um, those uh, yes let's all talk about salaries but that's another subject we can talk about salaries in a second but yeah. a, a woman will not go to an interview and sit down and say um, yes, I'm interested in working for your company, but what's your maternity policy, yeah. please? What's the pay? What's the leave? Because there's a fear surrounding that that you won't get employed. That, have you did? Have you found that at all? I, I don't think anybody has ever asked me that question in right. an interview. And I remember a, a couple of jobs ago before I had children, um, I was applying for a new um, uh, role. And I remember saying to my husband, oh, shall I find out what the maternity policy yep. is? And he was like, oh, no, no, yeah. don't ask for that. And I've always kept that with me as, oh, that's something we shouldn't talk yeah. about. Um, so, no, I mean, we talk about the, the overall benefits package in, you know, we talk about holiday, we talk about yes. bonuses, we yep. talk about car allowances. Yep. But we, we never talk about that. Um, we, people never ask the question. We never talk no. about it interview either. I'm always amazed that um, I'm not asked the question more as a recruiter, well, what is the company's, um, you know, maternity benefits? Because you're not saying I'm having a child next week, no. but you're saying at some point while I'm working for this company, I might consider this and I'd really like to know um, what their policy is. And, and it does also say a lot about the kind of company that you're going to be working for. So because people don't want to talk about it, I'm trying to encourage the conversation so that people don't have to think about it. Um, it's just part of yeah. the interview process. Yeah, yeah. So that, because how can you make a judgment about your career yeah. if you don't know, if you're going to be with this company 10, 20 years, we interviewed somebody today who's been with the business that she works in for 23 years. Yeah. Now it didn't occur to her when she was 17 to yeah. ask them what their maternity yeah. package was, but you're making a decision about your career and at some point in your life you might have children. I just think it's such an important subject that people don't talk about Yeah, because they're too scared. I think that's a good point. And I, I don't think it's that we've ever been told don't talk about those sorts of things when yeah. you're interviewing people, um, but it's just something we've we've never routinely done. Yeah. I think possibly from my experience of don't ask them about the maternity policy. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's probably a subject that we need to sort of introduce yeah. more when we're talking to people. And it's the same about money. Money is another one of those subjects that people shy away from. I mean, it is, um, 
why people should, you, you know, I would argue it's a very good reason to use a recruitment agency because you can have that separation yeah, from, yeah. you don't have to talk about it, that's my job. Yeah. Um, but people should be able to ask about the equal pay and what a company's feeling is, is around gender pay gap. Yeah, yeah. Without feeling that you're going to be, oh, why are they asking questions like that? Oh, yeah. you know, you're almost seen as a little bit of a troublemaker yeah, when you I, ask those I, questions. I, and I always agree. You you need to be able to be open because the amount of arguments that end up in a business because, you know, people talk about pay when they shouldn't. Whereas actually people should be able just to talk about pay. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had that experience where, you know, people have talked about pay and it's been sort of a know, problem subject why, why why did you share that information yeah. you know unwritten real you don't talk about pay yeah um you know that's the culture it's come from and yeah. senior people go why are they talking about pay yeah and i think especially people who um you know juniors who start when especially in london when you know they they have so many outgoings yeah. so many expenses yeah it's it's the number one thing at the front of their mind yeah. so why shouldn't they discuss discuss it with each yeah. other I think you know companies publish their gender pay gap reports, and so um, everybody you know can look at that. Yes, I, I still think there's a sort of um, slightly defensive attitude about well, we pay men and women the same, so therefore we haven't got a problem. Yeah, and I'm not sure it's as much about the absolute you know values of what you're like for like get yes. paid. It's about what can be done to encourage women into more senior positions because yes. I think in our industry that's that's why there's a gender pay gap. It's yeah. because there, there are less women in the more senior positions. Absolutely. Um, and I know the business I work for at the moment are doing a lot to promote that. Yeah. And, you know, they're more open about it in recent years. Um, and, you know, they've got a way to go as well. But yeah. they, 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 they're they, taking steps there. Yeah, absolutely. Steps. It's so yeah. important. And I agree. I think, yes, um, the gender pay gap reporting is one little step. But it's more about the conversation it opens up. Yeah. It's more about, OK, well, actually, we have this pay gap because we have this huge gap yes. of women in leadership roles. Yes. It's not just about yeah. reporting pay. It's looking at the organisation yeah. about who have you got working in your business, who are in the senior roles, yeah. who are in the leadership roles. Yeah. So I think it's getting the conversation started and companies making some changes so you get more women in leadership roles. Yeah, completely agree. And yeah. I, I think like all of these things, like the menopause, like this, we are seeing progress in the yeah. last few years. So it's it's not a bad time to come into no, engineering as a no. woman, is it? No, not at all. I think it's really exciting. And and now I think what I, um, you know, I've my daughter is 23 um, and I have raised her to you can be anything you want to be yeah. you can do any job that you want to do yeah. yes you've got to work hard um, and you've got to have you know you, of course you have to work hard at anything you do but you you can do it if you want to yeah um, and I think we're also um, raising our children now to challenge more. You yeah. know, I, I, I remember, you know, you didn't challenge your you didn't challenge your parents or, you know, people older than you. You just didn't. You accepted what they say. And I think now um, actually we're encouraging them to be curious, more curious, ask more questions. You're allowed to, you know, challenge is probably the wrong word, but we're definitely 
I think the more women that are working, um, especially in roles that were considered jobs for the boys, we're sharing that experience with our daughters and our sons. Yeah. And so I think this generation coming through, I really yeah. think there will be some positive change, yeah. um, which is yeah. yeah so good to see, especially with the apprenticeship schemes we've talked yeah. about, um, you know, more people coming through yeah. that route as exactly. well. Yeah. I remember at school when I was young, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, I remember my geography teacher my favourite subject, my geography teacher, calling my mum and dad and saying she asks too many questions. Um, and I remember this was negative feedback. Yeah. And yeah. Um, my parents kind of laughed at it a bit and went, good on you sort oh, of thing. Oh, good. But I yeah, remember this was, this was negative feedback. Yeah. And, you know, I think in, in, in our industry and what we do, it's we're encouraged to challenge everything. Yes. We're encouraged to challenge the data. We're encouraged to um, challenge the questions our clients are asking, yep. the conclusions we're drawing. So I think in our technical work, it's about challenging everything. Yep. So I would hope that people in our profession take that challenging mindset to everything they do. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Um, is yeah. this the right way of doing it? Is there a better way of doing it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we're saying. We're not saying, well, rubbishing everything companies have been doing, but there are so many things that we can do a bit better yeah. um, that will just make engineering a career for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think there are, there are a lot of people out there who are, who, who, you know, who maybe haven't been as lucky in their career as I have, who have faced challenges, yeah. who have been in a much more surrounded by a lot more of male peers, had had issues. And Kat Parsons, yes. her interview, some of the, I mean, it was jaw dropping. I was like, oh, yes. what? Some of the things that she went through yes. in her early career working on construction sites, just yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know other people go through that. Yeah. And, and I think probably, you know, the fact that I was surrounded by a lot of other women, you know, meant that maybe I was shielded from some of that and yeah. I, I, did, I didn't have that Brilliant. experience. But that's so, what it should be. Exactly. That's so, what it should be. Exactly. So yeah. my perception of the industry is be surrounded by supportive people. Yes. And it'll, yeah, brilliant. You know. So if you could travel back in time with all your life experience, everything you've learned and go back and have a chat with you wandering around Shropshire, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, um, I would say um, be yourself. I would say find allies and be an ally to Excellent. others. Yeah. So um, if you're in a supportive environment, you can fly and really make the most of it. Um, and I think the second bit of advice would be if you're not happy or if you're struggling, ask for help, get yeah. help and make a change. Yep. You, you, you don't want to be miserable in your job. It's a great thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, honestly, it's been so refreshing um, to hear you speak so positively about engineering. Yeah. And it just shows that when the environment is right, people That's can true. thrive. Yeah. And then your honesty about what you've been through with the menopause, because um, it's it's so real yeah, and it is. people just don't talk about it enough. So yeah. thank you so much for your time. Hugely appreciate it. Thank no, you lovely. very much. Really lovely to talk to you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast in our She's an Engineer campaign and join me again for our next episode where we'll talk to women who have overcome adversity in the workplace and despite this have grown successful careers.